Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Uh, Imran Ali Khaki, thank you for joining us on the progeny. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank you for having me. By profession, you're an optician, but also um, a Quran teacher. And I came across your social media profile doing these little uh, videos about Quran. And I never thought Quran teaching could be um, uh, something that can be turned into short videos that are not only uh, helpful to people trying to learn Quran, but also entertaining. Uh, <laughs> so you've gone to a different angle with Quran teaching. Um, tell us about the Quran teaching um, and how you started. Yeah, so obviously I grew up in Kenya, as most Khwajas do. <laughs> okay. Um, and my Quran journey started there. Uh, from a young age, my, my parents quite like were regimental with the Quran for us. Uh, so obviously we'd have Quran classes in Madrasa, but we'd have two teachers come in every day. One after school and one after Madrasa. Okay, nice. So obviously being being a young child, you resent that a lot because how much Quran can a young child can a young child learn? But um, uh, I think in hindsight, it's the best thing that could have happened because you're just in, in constantly in touch with the Quran. And as they say, right, when you when you have when you're learning Quran as a youth, then it becomes part of your flesh and blood. So um, so yeah, since a young age. I learned the Quran and went through that whole traditional element uh, in terms of the traditional teaching. You're there rec reciting for an hour. Uh, you can't move a muscle. <laughs> um, and and then you learn you learn how to recite the Quran from there. And then after I finished Madras, I went straight into teaching. And uh, and my teaching journey started from when I was 16 years old and it carries on. I've always, you know, some people say sometimes that, you know, your mother tongue. Yeah. Uh, will have an impact on how you read the Quran. So, for example, um, I'm lucky enough, for example, fortunate enough to be born into an Iraqi yes. family that speak Arabic. So, certain letters, like for example, Ain or even Ghain, you know, the Gha or the A, that I can, I, I grew up hearing that and using that. But maybe someone else from from a different background, mm. according to their mother tongue, or the Va, you know. Will, will be more difficult for them. Yes. Can you can you practice that, or or the, you know a lot of it is to do with your mother's tongue, or can you improve on that? Yeah. So obviously you guys have an advantage because you've grown up with that and grown up listening to that. Um, it's definitely practicable. It's definitely something you can learn. So prime example, as you all know, Muntazir Jaffa, he's as he when he speaks Gujarati, he, he it's like he's always spoken Gujarati, but when he speaks Arabic. It's like it's Iraqi. It's like Iraqi, right? So it's something that you definitely can practice. But obviously, if you start at a older age, for example, maybe in your 40s, 50s, 60s, then still not not all hope is lost. But it's a bit more difficult. And uh, when when I'm when I'm teaching the older uh, older generation, then you have to be a bit a bit more lenient in that. Otherwise, you can easily uh, disencourage them. So um, no, it's definitely uh, learnable. And it's all about practice. All about practice. You started a movement. Let's recite. Yeah. What's the let's recite <laughs> movement? So the let's recite movement. So it was. It was all about trying to use a buzzword to get everyone involved together to recite the Quran and to have a relationship with the Quran. Um, so I would. I would teach different classes, or I would have different. Um, uh, 
uh, have different videos out there. And then I'll just try and wrap it up with this Let's Recite, just so that everyone can come together and feel part of this. Uh, and inshallah, my, my ultimate aim is that thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people can come together under this Let's Recite movement. And I don't necessarily need to be at the forefront of it. It's all about the Quran being at the forefront, everyone coming together uh, so that we can all recite the Quran properly and also learn from the Quran. So that's the lesson I want. Your two methods of teaching, yeah. are they different or are they the classical? No. Like how you were taught in Kenya or have you changed it around? Yeah. So the reason why in my intro I said the tradition is because it's definitely very different. Uh, when I went straight into teaching, obviously I would use the methods that I learned. Yeah. Uh, and then coming to the UK, obviously everything was very different. Everything was. When did you come to the UK? 2008. Okay. For university. Um, everything was a lot more theory-based, theoretical. So, okay, you learn what is Qalqala from a textbook. But then what I found was that there's a divide from what you know it theoretically, but you can't implement it practically. practically. So, whereas we learned everything practically, and I, not through a textbook. So, I would know how to implement Qalqala, for mm -hmm. example, but I wouldn't know how to explain Qalqala, for example. So... You've just described what Iraqi is. <laughs> <laughs> We'll use a certain method, yeah. but we didn't know how to yeah. explain it. So now, yeah. so now having that experience and this experience, I've tried to put two together and use the best of both. Um, but the key thing for me is that I feel with the Quran, um, at the moment, we feel, I feel there's a little bit too much respect for the Quran, if you can call it that way. Okay. I can see your eyebrows yeah. raising. What do I mean by that? So, um, typically, when when we're growing up, we'll say, okay, Quran, top of the shelf, hold it with two hands, make sure you're doing wudu, everything, which is good. It, there's words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, obviously. Mm. Um, but what I feel is subconsciously, psychologically, is create your barrier. Especially when we're, when we're kids, even now, okay. create your barrier, barrier, us with the Quran. Whereas the Quran should be a, a way of life. It's a part of our life, right? So when, for example, when a, when a young kid is holding the Quran, all of a sudden you'll see, you'll see myself or other mothers, they'll be, be careful with the Quran or you'll take the Quran away from them. How are they to be able to have that interaction with the Quran, even on a surface level? So there are ways and means around it. So what, I want, uh, what I've tried to do is repackage the Quran, so to speak. Um, so obviously the words are the same, the, the text, but try and take things from the Quran and take things from our day-to-day -day lives because okay. obviously our day-to-day -day lives are we experience that every day every moment every second every minute right uh, and then trying to link that with the Quran so hence you'll you'll see some weird and wonderful examples that I've done and I've brought some shall I share yeah I, I, I was gonna ask you if you've got some examples <laughs> that you can share so I've rated uh, firstly this is a gift for you thank you very much but I, I'd like you to open one of these chocolates please that's okay a gift for me You'll have to open. It's going to be a mission opening. <laughs> You'll have to open. Yeah, perfect. Okay. What's your favorite? favorite? My favorite. It's the right here. The Maltesers one. Okay. Open okay. the wrapper, please. Oh, open it up. Yeah, open it up. Okay, no one's done this on the progeny before. <laughs> That'd be interesting. Okay. Okay. So, can I have so it? You can have it if you want. Okay, I'm going to have it. <laughs> oh, no. Sorry, I ripped the wrapper. No, you ripped a bit wrongly, but it's fine. Don't worry. Sorry. No worries. So, I was eager to get the chocolate up. It tastes nice with the coffee, doesn't it? So now That's what I thought. When you were young, did you ever do this with with the wrapper? And then 
Do you ever do that? With yeah. Kippah? And yeah. you make that loud sound? Yeah. Okay. So this will teach us the rule of iqlab. Okay. Okay. So, rule of iqlab is what? Tanween or nun sukun followed by a ba. You have a small meme that appears, right? Slow down. A lot of people are going to Okay. So if there's a tanween or nun sukun, <laughs> okay. so min, yeah. then after that, is a ba'di, there's a ba. So if you want to recite both of them together, you wouldn't say min ba'di. You would say min ba'di. Small meme, right? Okay. Two counts, you stretch on it. But this meme is very special because it's not a full meme. It's not a mim bad. You're not sealing your lips. There should be enough of a gap for this rapper to pass by. So mimbadi. Can you see the gap there? Mimbadi. Yeah. So that's uh, I did it with a lint chocolate and that really that got like 150,000 views and stuff like that. So it was <laughs> wow. good. It was good. Okay, um, example. You got another one. I raided my kids' toys. Giraffe. What that, what? <laughs> I got this from Masai Mara. My, my son absolutely loves it. Giraffe. Mm. What are giraffes famous for? Long neck. Long neck, right? What do we have in the Quran? Long vowels, right? So long vowels, just the way the giraffe has a long neck, there are certain uh, vowels, certain letters, uh, mm. vowels in the Arabic alphabet that you pull, that you stretch, Fah. that you lengthen. Mm. So for example, we have Fatha, Kasra, Dhamma. Those are short vowels. Fah. Now, when do you pull a short vowel? When there's a alif that appears after a fatha. So an alif is a long letter. Mm. So if you see an alif after a fatha, you know you have to stretch the fatha by two counts. Okay. Right? For uh, If there's a ya after a kasra, then you know you have to stretch the kasra by two. two counts. So that's your giraffe letter. What's the third giraffe letter? After a dhamma, what appears? Wow. Okay, wow. Yeah. So wow is a giraffe letter. If you see it after a dhamma, without any sign, obviously, on the wow, then you stretch the dhamma. So that is your giraffe letters. Wow. <laughs> you, make, you make it sound so easy. But that, that's it, what it is. I mean, like, you have to have something that's memorable mm -hmm. um, for you to be able to understand. Otherwise, if it's from a textbook and you think, okay, I have to remember, alif after fatha, ya after kasra, wow after dhamma. What was it again? And then you just, yeah. you're just trying to cram it. And then, okay, now that you've understood it, now it comes to practically implement, which is a totally different story, right? So, um, so just remember, giraffe letters, long necks, after pull it two counts, done. And then you all, it's, it's all about practicing. Yeah. One final one. Okay, there's another one. Do you have a question? No, 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 I want to go to the One final one. Bouncy ball. Okay. Uh, has you, uh, and, uh, so I've taught this in, in, in your daughter's school. So, the bouncy ball surahs. Okay. So, uh, bouncy, bouncy ball, ball sura. Okay. Yeah, That's bouncy ball sura. Can you guess? No. Wild guess. Bouncy ball sura. Short suras. Mm. Yeah. Uh, close. Close. So, bouncy ball sura is the. Surat al Nas of Falak is a bouncy ball sura. Ikhlas. Ikhlas the bouncy. Why bouncy ball? Ikhlas. Why is it bouncy ball? Because there's a rhyme with each of the. No, letters. it's to do with the last letter, particularly. So the dal being the, the last le okay. letter in all the verses. And then, what about the dal being the last letter? Of the... You're putting me on the spot now. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you've you correctly pronounced it. Yeah, see, that's why I told you about Arakis. We pronounce it correctly, but to, to, to describe it, we were like, this is how we were taught. <laughs> Ahad, dal. What rule is that? Qalqala. 
So you're bouncing on the dal. So that's why say everyone get your bouncy ball ready. قل هو الله أحد. It's gone. <laughs> it's fine. الله الصمد لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا أحد. So you're bouncing it. So everyone knows, even from a young age. So you wouldn't necessarily teach a young kid قلقلة. Uh, rules, right? Mm. You'd say, okay, you know, find your makharij, get your letters correct, try and recite properly, and then later on, qalqala. But this, notice, I'm not telling them this. These are your qalqala letters. Make sure you know. I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying this is just a bouncy ball, and this is a bouncy ball surah, because that surah ikhlas is the easiest one to pronounce, mm. and because they are um, knowing, because they are going to memorize surah ikhlas. That's one of the first surahs that they'll memorize. Yeah. Why not make teach them correctly, rather than teaching them in one way and then having to reach teach them in another way? So, just so they've memorized it correctly, and then later on when when they have that understanding, then you can tell them, look, by the way, this bouncy ball, there's a name for it, which is kalkala. Then you can tell them later. On. How do you improve on a child's? Um, do you want to give us the bouncy ball back? How do <laughs> you improve you. on the maharaj of the letters with with with, with children? Okay, so uh, I feel it's. Um, with maharaj, it's it's again, it's all about affiliations and and storytelling. Mm. Okay, so for example, and the the toughest letters are the throat letters, right? Mm. Naturally, especially exactly. for khojas. Um the the throat letters are six in total. So you have alif and ha, ha and ain, and then the top are the scraping ones, kha and gha, right? So, for example, this this thing that I came across, and all of this is just through seeing what's out there and thinking about it and bringing it together. So I just came across this beautiful thing called Quranophonics. So you know, there's this whole drive behind phonetics. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Quranophonics. So what they do is take the shape of the letter, mm-hmm. make a story out of it, and connect the sound with the story and the shape of the letter. So it's all coming together. So, for example. You have the letter Kha, right? You have Kha, which is a boy. He's not well, so he's wearing a woolly hat on top. Okay. Hence the dot on top. Mm-hmm. He's not well and he's coughing a lot. So mm. what does he do? Kha, Kha, Kha. Mm. So woolly hat on top. The boy is coughing. So that's where, that's where you're pr- uh, pronouncing and okay. practicing that. Mm. Or for example, the letter Sin, which is a bit easier. You have a snake that makes a sound. Mm. Now you have... Two small uh, twirls and then a big one. Mm. So the snake is going one, sa, sa, and then a big one, seen. So they, you get them to practice with their hands. So then they remember, sa, sa, seen. This this one's a nice one, the, because a lot of people make the mistake, the or za, especially mm. in the Indo-Pak culture. Um, the differentiation between the letter dal, which is the well, uh, or zalin. Uh, that or is... the dal dal or raza. You see a lot of people say za. So the, for example, you have to stick your tongue between your teeth, right? That's how you differentiate the pronunciation. So the is a small uh, dinosaur with a big eye. So hence the dot on top. Mm-hmm. And then it's seeing an insect around. So that small dinosaur wants to eat that insect. So what does it do to eat that inst- insect? Sticks his tongue out. Mm. So you stick your tongue out and eat that insect. The, hence, you stick your tongue out and pronounce the letter dal. So you just create stories and make it fun. Quran is all about uh, make it having positive 
positive uh, vibes around it. Because when we've grown up, uh, hence my introduction, when we've grown up, sit on a bench longer than this, you probably see, still see them in stand yeah. during Shah Ramadan. Um, at that time, the, the teacher would have a cane. <laughs> so you, you move a muscle and you've had okay, it. Okay. Um, and if you don't recite well, again, you've been told off and stuff. So gone are those days, thankfully. Uh, but um, uh, at the same time, we, we need to make sure that we're engaging, right? You can't go the opposite extreme and just let them do anything they want, right? So you have to try and make it as engaging as possible. And this whole method of teaching, you know, that, that you've given us example, you came up with all of that. So again, it, it's, <clears throat> so I, I try and research a lot. There are brilliant teachers out there, absolutely brilliant teachers. Uh, there's some that I've taken directly from them. So for example, Quranophonics. Um, there are others that you just think about it. So this giraffe letters, for example, I went to Masai Mara this summer and I was thinking, okay, many animals here. How do you link the two animals with, uh, with letters? So for example, lions, uh, you know, a lot of times, say, um, one of my teachers say Jalal as well. Uh, and he will forever tell me, don't recite from your nose, recite from here. And then we went and saw a lion and I heard the lion roar for the first time in real life. And it's a very chesty roar. It's from here. You, it's never not from here. If it's from here, then it sounds funny, right? Mm -hmm. So I linked the two. And it just makes sense, you know? You recite from here, you recite like a lion, so then you have that, that aura about your recitation. Um, or for example, elephants or a field, you just connect the two. So, yeah. so you're, you said you're a teacher. So I'm guessing you're still learning. Yeah, 100%. You can never you stop can... learning. I have, I have two teachers. Um, on a weekly basis and you're still and, yeah I'm still learning do you think there's a stigma um, with people maybe aged I don't know 30 or 40 plus to say that you know I don't need I went to madrasa when I was younger back home and I know how to read the Quran you know in Shah Ramadan I open the Quran I complete the Quran why should I go and learn so there's a stigma maybe around someone my age or even older to think why should I continue learning Quran I, I don't want to say ego or but yeah. they they feel that they, they they know it yeah and you know again uh, in some cases people are reciting Quran wrong yeah uh, or maybe they, they think they're reciting it right but you know they, they're not following the uh, the way it should be recited yeah, yeah. so uh, so I think it's not entirely their fault uh, because that's how the community is, right? <clears throat> but let me let me ask you this question in turn. Uh, how many self-help books have you either read or come across? Like Think Rich, Rich Dad, Poor Dad and stuff yeah. like that. Loads, right? Loads. It's, it's the in thing at the moment, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. These high-performance podcasts and yeah, all of yeah. these stuff. Why, why do you read them? Or why do you come across them? And why do you never get bored of it? Because you're learning something new. you're always learning something new. And there's always something that's very relevant to your life, you're right? Learning. Now... You're improving yourself. Exactly. So I think because you've approached these things with that mindset and with that mentality, it never gets boring. Regardless of how many hundreds or thousands of podcasts you listen to or you record, it'll never get boring, right? Similarly, I feel our attitude towards the Quran or approach to the Quran needs to be the same. Now, think about this, right? These high-performance people, or these people that have done amazing, that we can learn from, uh, they've, they've gone through life, they've experienced life, and they've uh, come across these things, or they've, they've done really well in life. Now think about 
who is the one that gave them the ability to do this? Who is the one that gave them the opportunity to do this or to give back or to write and to, to talk about these kind of stuff? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who has created us? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We all know this, right? It's a given. But it just needs a change in perspective of how we approach things. Um, who? We, our goal and our aim and our objective is to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through everything that we do. Not just by reciting Quran and praying, but the fact that we're talking here, the fact that we go to work, the fact that we raise our kids the way we do is so that we can all get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows this <clears throat> and He has created us for us to get closer to Him. Now, He wouldn't do that without giving us anything, right? Mm -hmm. So, that's why He's given us the Holy Quran. The Holy Quran, you take any bestseller book, the Quran is the, the best-selling book. No doubt. No doubt. Even though it's not. I, I came across <laughs> a stat the, the day, a long time ago. I think it's in the billions. Copies of Quran. Know. Copies of Quran sold. So, no doubt it's a bestseller. It's not only a best-selling book, it's a best-selling self-help book. Mm. So, we just need to make sure that we change our perspective and approach the Quran that way. So what we've done, and, and the reason why I say it's not their fault is because it's, it's the community's fault. The community has always uh, emphasized on reciting and learning how to recite the Quran. The Quran was not brought for us to recite only. That is one aspect. The Quran is multidimensional. And that is the beauty of the Holy Quran. That although there are words, a set of words or a set of sentences, statements that were revealed 1400 years ago, but they mean so many different things to so many different people. It's one set of statements, right? But you recite it, you recite the same verse, I'll recite the same verse. It'll mean so totally different mm. because of our circumstances. You recite the same verse last year or even a couple of months back, and now you recite the same verse now. It'll mean something totally different. And that is the beauty of the Quran. So yes, you start off by reciting because you have, want to gain familiarity with it. Uh, because it's a bit weird not being able to recite it uh, and then trying to engage with it. Now, having said that, there's a big drive towards, okay, I want to learn Arabic because it's hard for me to recite in Arabic. I'll just go through the translation, mm. which is okay. It's a fair enough point because I want to understand the Quran. Oh. But there's a reason why it was revealed in Arabic because the, the depth of the Arabic language is such that it cannot be described in English. It cannot be. So we all have to go through this uh, phase uh, or through this journey where we can we try to learn as much as we can to recite the Quran, to understand the Quran, and then uh, go deeper and deeper. Do you think that maybe we have neglected the Quran in our communities? Um... <clears throat> I think that's a, that's a loaded question <laughs> uh, because um, I've just said that when we're growing up, we were, there's a definite push towards reciting the Quran. Now, I was having this conversation with Sheikh Noor uh, about, you know, the, the verse in the Quran where the Prophet will complain that we've, we've taken the Quran, Mahjur, yeah? Uh, now, we can turn around and say, I know how to recite the Quran. For me to be able to be fluent, I need to be familiar with the Quran, which means I've spent so many hours learning the Quran. So surely I've not neglected the Quran. There are different levels of neglect. So, okay, I may know how to recite the Quran, but have I taken any lessons, lessons from the Quran? Mm. 
That is the main point. It impact my life. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and if I haven't done that, then I have neglected the Quran. So, yeah, so that, that was a very eye-opening uh, conversation with Sheikh Nurum. And, um, yeah, so that's why I say it's the Lord, because there's so many different dimensions to it, mm. depending on where you are in your life. But, yes, definitely, like the Quran, there's so many different things that we can do with the Quran. Now, if we take the whole Quran, if I bring you the Quran just now, it, it, it's kind of a daunting task to be, and I tell you, okay, open the Quran and take a lesson from it. It's very daunting just now, right? Because it's very deep. Um, that's why what I'm trying to do is take everyday items and then take a verse, a statement from the Quran, for example, and then try and put the two together. So this is one thing, uh, using these items to teach how to recite the Quran. Mm. Um, the other day I did a video about cookies in the Quran. Yeah, I saw that. Mm. And uh, it, it just came about. So I was, I was waiting for you to say that cookies are mentioned because... <laughs> that was the whole point, yeah. a hook point. <laughs> um, it must be, I'm sure it must be in one way or the other. But I was just buying cookies from from a friend and she said that, please tag me into this. Uh, tag, do a post to tag me. So I thought instead of doing a story, let me use an opportunity to look into the Quran to see how I can connect cookies with the Quran mm -hmm. and, and then do that. So the thing is that I'm using these opportunities to, to improve my learning, nothing else. <laughs> Like, I like I I want to learn and for me to think. Okay, I need I want I have. It's been a long time since I've created a video. And if it, that's going to push me towards learning about the Quran and research about, about the Quran, so be it. So it's mainly for me. I don't care how many views I get, how many followers I get. It's, it's mainly not for very me. traditional the, the the ways you you use. I I remember seeing uh, and the titles are very catching. Yeah, I'm guessing you do this all, all yourself. You don't have a team behind you. Who so I'm trying out. to get a team because at, at the moment, as you can see, my videos are very raw. <clears throat> There's no editing and stuff like that. So I'm teams right here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the, the, uh, you know, you're using the the social media platform yeah. to to get people more interested. As as I started, you know, I said, you know, you you've made it not only uh, people are learning, but it's now entertaining as well, which which I I could never think could happen, where you can make the teaching of Quran. Mm. Would let's be honest, when we used to go Madras, it was it was quite boring. Yeah. But now you've met, you've you've done these videos and you've used you know Instagram for example and other social media platforms um, to do these videos. I remember the the one and I, I think I told you about this the read Quran incorrectly yeah. to your children, and I thought that's a bit <laughs> out of the box. Yeah. Uh, how uh, for those that haven't seen it, why why is it good to read Quran wrong to your children? So uh, <laughs> so the reason why firstly I I deliberately use these titles because of it raises a few eyebrows mm -hmm. and of obviously then gets people to see what's this guy talking about right um and why is it good because what what happens is sometimes when you're teaching your children let's say they know surah nas for example and you teach them you make them listen to to the recitation so that they get it by the way kids are like sponges so don't like don't think your kids are too young to memorize the Quran or too young to learn how to recite the Quran or too young to do anything in life. Mm. They are like sponges. They will take in everything they hear, everything they see, everything all the senses can do, they will take in. <clears throat> so yeah, listening is as important as reciting when it comes to learning the Quran, even for us. So they take in that <clears throat> and then you practice with them, right? 
so obviously you're trying to practice Surat Nas and and in the, in the tradition in the more traditional way, which is still good. Um, and now they know Surat Nas, for example. Now, what happens, the key thing is to practice, right? Mm -hmm. Otherwise, if you go into a different surah and a different surah and you don't practice the surah, they'll forget, they'll forget it. Mm -hmm. So you have to change things about it. Otherwise, they'll say, oh, I've already done that. So you change things about it and say, okay, I'm going to recite and you tell me if I'm reciting correctly. Mm -hmm. So um, you mentioned that you skip a whole verse. In yeah. fact, what I would do is I would change your haraka. haraka. Yeah. yeah. So, for example, I would say, قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ النِّيسِ And I would say, no, it's not like that. It's قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ النَّاسِ mm. So then what's happening is two things. One is they're engaging you're and you're making it fun. Mm. But the second is that the fact that they are teaching you means that they've understood the concept. Mm -hmm. And you'll be you able to know how much they know. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, that's how you recite incorrectly and teach. At the moment, you're, you're teaching... Uh, anywhere or no so my capacity is um quite quite a lot so i obviously i'm teaching at our uh, kids school our daughter's school mm. um i have a few classes online um but my my main thing is my main my main impact interest is to make uh, a huge impact so in the sense that we have amazing a lot of amazing quran teachers a lot of amazing quran teachers but at the same time we have a lot of quran teachers that we feel that I feel that they can do a lot better and have a bigger impact through many students. So rather than me teaching, let's say, 20 students, because that's my capacity, for example, mm. I'd rather uh, train or teach or talk about things and like 20 teachers, for example, listen to it and adapt there, and then it's a multiplies effect. So that's my passion. Can we get, I mean, I, I, I love your, the way you, you're doing things. Do you think that you can maybe set up a syllabus? where it can sort of enter into our madrasas 100% 100% teach children Quran in a fun way and maybe not a boring way yes 100% I'm actually um, working with the MCE so Amazing. the World Federation yeah so hopefully if we can implement as much as we can uh, that will be rolled out worldwide uh, and I'm, I'm look, always looking for opportunities for different projects to do that because obviously different organizations will have different ways of working, right? So, yeah. Inshallah. Well, I pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you success. I mean, I mean, uh, in, and tawfiq. In, and tawfiq in, 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 in serving the Quran. I mean, uh, and I hope the Quran is your, your shafi'ah. Thank you for Shukran. making time for the Quran. No, thank you so much. Ahsantum.